welcome to Comics Deserve Better, the indie comics podcast. Uh, with me today are Brian. Hello, everyone. And Darcy. Good morning. And we have a special guest, uh, Rebecca. Hi. Uh, Rebecca, just, uh, I don't know, uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, how you got into indie comics. Yes. Um, how did I get into indie comics? Oh, I've been reading comics all my life and I'm old. I'm older than all of you. Like, I'm a decade older than Brian. So, uh, uh, and I obviously started with the big two comics. When did I start with indie? Probably Vertigo, before they were bought, um, got me back into comics as an adult and Luther Arkwright. Uh, somebody gave me Luther Arkwright and somebody else gave me Sandman. And I was like, oh, yeah, comics have changed a bit, haven't they? That would since, do it. Uh, since we were reading The Avengers and, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, and then just heavily got into it. And when I was at university, uh, in my second year, I lived next door to the comic shop. And I had no money because of university, but I'd always just go and buy whatever they had in their sale. So I ended up with some really odd comics, like... Um, the entire run of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and <laughs> a huge bunch of Star Trek comics. And I love them. Like, I passionately love these D&D comics. And everyone else would just take the piss. And um, because they were such a good story. And, like, my sister still refers to it now. Like, she'll still talk about the characters in them because it's so dumb. And, but I just, I could never afford the big comics. Um, so I'd only ever go in and buy whatever's in their 50p bin and only when I could afford it. Um, and as, ever, as, as uh, Darcy and Brian know, I'm much more of a big two reader. So I read indie in between and like um, to keep up with it and to follow uh, creators I like and much more this year with Kickstarters. Cool. Uh, I've gone like wholesale into the British indie comic scene. So um, that's that's most of what I've been ordering. And, you know, along with all the big, like, Vault and Vert, uh, Valiant. I'm a big Valiant fan, or was. So, um, yeah, they were the two sort of big, rather than Image. And, um, yeah, that's it, really. Just uh, dabble. Yeah, no, it, it's all good. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Those, those uh, didn't Bill Willingham do those advanced D&D books? Or? Yeah, yeah, he did some yeah. of them, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're cool. I'm, the meaning to check them out. I don't know. They should release. I think. I think IDW. They have. Yeah. There's okay. a trade. There's trades of them now because, like, I was like, oh, I wish I still had them, you know, and and it was all very sad because that comic shop had a uh, fire right at the mm. end of the year, oh, and it's where I learned before I became a librarian how much more damage the water, the uh, sprinkler systems do than the actual fires. Oh, yeah. So they really um, do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, which is why in like parts of the British Library, they don't have sprinkler systems. They have like um, vacuum rooms to stop fire spreading and stuff. Um, but that was like my first sort of realization is because they had a sort of water, st water damage stock sale rather than, they, they barely lost anything from the actual fire, but all their stock was damaged from water. Wow. So very important lessons before I went off to do like rare books, uh, yeah. librarianship Ooh. and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. don't get them wet. Mm -mm. Yeah. Do yeah. not get them wet. Yeah. No, full disclosure. I definitely like spilled tea on books before and it just like, Oh yeah. Who hasn't? Books, I mean, it's, it's also, gone. you know, every oh, yeah. librarian has seen like uh, coffee rings on, um, yes. on books as well. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just means that they're loved. <laughs> and then, and then, especially yeah, I mean, those, you know, yeah, especially those yeah. old comics. You know, they 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 printed them on what the cheapest material they could find. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it all bled anyway, so any wet just got worse. Yeah. Cool. Hey, this is actually a comics preservation podcast. Just, just yes. kidding. Um. So yeah, we uh, we have some news, and I think we got Darcy's first up with some really cool news, actually. Um, cool if you like it. And I certainly do. I don't know if we remember where I got back into comics, um, or Western comics at least, but apparently they're bringing back Witchblade, original Witchblade, Sarah Pizzini Witchblade, which is super, super exciting um, next year uh, with uh, Marguerite Bennett and Ariel Cristana, uh, which is, I'm just friggin' nuts for. Um, I don't think there's a whole ton of information about it um, so far. I don't. There's just not a ton of information outside of the fact that it is coming back. Uh, I think it's initially coming back from. Uh, they're doing some stuff with Kickstarter t- as well, um, but you know, hey whatever it's coming back i'm excited about it it's good team is that one comic it's that one comic that i read when i read no other western comics so i'm here for it i'm excited whatever that's awesome yeah Uh, i think i heard rebecca say say too but yeah definitely killer team um on you know creative team and so this way probably will be my jumping on point because I definitely want to check this out. It'd be yeah. a good jumping on point. Yeah, I've dabbled in Witchblade. I really liked uh, uh, Seppin, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, Seppin Sijic's um, Switch that he did. It was kind of like ultimate universe Switch uh, Witchblade that was kind of cool, but it kind of, I think it kind of petered out. It had like five issues. So I'm like, definitely I think the, the concepts are really cool and um, yeah, and I haven't read a Marguerite Bennett book in a while too, so excited for sure. Um, and I think Mark Silvestri is doing the covers, like the original creator. So, oh, and nice. the, you know, the CEO of Top Cow, so he's the boss. I mean, of course he can do covers. Yeah, if he wants to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. It's, then- it's definitely a good stepping on point. I think probably if you're, you know, like if you want to get old Witchblade vibes with probably, you know, not that 90s comics creepiness because it does have some, you know, 90s comics written by certain dudes, drawn by certain dudes. They do have some of that stuff in it. But mm-hmm. the Witchblade comic that was put out, like, I think 2019, uh, that was done by, uh, Caitlin Kittredge, uh, that one was actually pretty good. It was, it wasn't Sarah Pizzini. It was the Witchblade was uh, had a different woman. Uh, I think her name was Alex. Um, I think it was Alex. Yeah, I think it was Alex. Was her name? Uh, it was actually pretty good. The Witchblade was kind of it worked differently. The visuals of it was completely and utterly different. But the story itself was pretty interesting. So if you wanted a different kind of Witchblade or just something that absolutely wouldn't mess you up for this story, um, it's something to read. It was interesting. I enjoyed it. Cool. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, yes, I this this news item it's. 
kind of tangentially related to comics, but I just, um, uh, we at this, you know, podcast are either, you know, huge allies of the LGBTQ community or members of the LGBTQ community. So I would just like to big shout out to Elliot Page. Uh, you may know his work from Juno. He was nominated for an Academy Award for that great movie. Um, also more comics related, he played Kitty Pride and a couple of X-Men movies. Uh, and he also um, is currently in the Umbrella Academy. So that's actually, you know, indie comics related. So just, he uses he, they pronouns now and just uh, glad to see him come out. Um, uh, just excited and can't wait to see more of his work. So Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, totally. Just, you know, it's the, the path of discovering yourself is the path to happiness. So I'm, I'm very happy that that happened. Yeah. Full disclosure, I had a huge crush on him in high school, watched all his movies, fucking whip it, like even weird ones, like Hard Candy was <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, Hard I mean, Candy was great. Yeah, breakout rule. He, he's a little too, he was a little too young for me to have a crush on, but definitely is cutie. So Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm there with you. I know, him and Michael <laughs> Sarah out at out of the track, you know, drinking the what was it, the Sunny D or whatever. That was pretty yeah. great. <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, and then Rebecca actually had a kind of really kind of out there piece of news for us. Yeah. Random variety. It's all, it's all good. Um, right. Yeah. Variety ran an article about Dave Lee Roth um, reinventing the graphic novel. Um, <laughs> so like, I didn't know he was, he was, uh, he draws apparently he's been drawing COVID yes. themed comics and posting them to social media pages. They say We're quoting variety here. Um, and he's getting together this, um, I guess, uh, album called The Roth Project, which will be an interactive digital graphic novel um, where he sort of scans in the artwork and then you can um, interact with it. And there's narration, there's music. Um, they say it's built around an infinite scroll. So you can navigate it in different ways. It'd be interesting. I mean, I, I, I played around with some of the 3D uh, the VR comics that people have put up and they're pretty cool so I'm kind of interested to see how it works I mean I'm no particular fan of Dave Lee Roth but um, always wondered when people will start playing with that kind of the sort of digitization and what you can do with it um, so it's kind of, kind of interesting for me on a sort of geeky level um, it doesn't really sound like I'll love it, but I'm technically <laughs> I'd like to see how it works. Is it like, is it VR or is it just interactive? No, no, I, it's just interactive. Yeah, yeah. But cool. I'm just saying like, there's, when we got the VR yeah. system at home, I was like, are there any VR comics? And there's a couple and you can cut, you kind of like step through them and you can interact with items cool. in them. Um, but there's not very many of them. And it'd be really cool to get some sort of actual comics creators like rather than people who draw rather than um, just people who draw yeah 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 Same. because that i mean a lot of these people are computer games people and they right. write and they draw but then it's a different it's a different yes. use of medium and so it is. Yeah, they were focusing a lot on the interactivity in the vr and not very much on the story mm. um mm -hmm. but uh it'd be really interesting to see where it goes so I mean, i'm always interested when people play with that and we've got the um there's a big ar graphic novel I can't remember what it's called now, but it's in, it's huge. Um, it's like the size of my monitor. 
and um as you read it you can like scan in and interact with things um and like zoe bought it and i've never looked at it but i've seen a few interactive like there's a lot of interactive web comics so it's yes. not completely yes, yeah. and utterly out there it's it's and a lot yes. of web comics that are interactive will have interactive chapters or interactive I think the problem pages is, is, so. it's a huge cost to do yeah. this kind of stuff so it's just mm -hmm. like and there's not a lot of money in comics so um but you know I, I chucked it in there because it was a legitimate piece of and news it's about random. David Lee Roth, yeah, it, it is David pretty Roth. random. Yeah. Like, it's big it, enough. Uh... It, it certainly is. Or a Flash comics were a thing for a while. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I, 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 as I've said many times here before, I love when people mess with the comics medium and Definitely. you know kind of put to the fullest so this is this sounds really very very cool and yeah i mean david lee roth obviously you know was the best singer in van halen but that's not really <laughs> really hard to do <laughs> compared to the competition <laughs> and um but um but no um but i also uh, reckon you were saying like the 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 people that they are targeted were the like the the video game creators and everything and um, I'm I'm just utterly surprised that video game creators can't write a good story. I just think like all video games have just wonderful narratives and stories. They can, but like if you think about how <laughs> many, it's, it's often done by different teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll have, yeah. So I think like it's it's it, again, and then you add cost to it. So uh, look, the one we played with wasn't bad. It had a story. It just yeah. didn't have a very like. It's not one I would pay for, so mm -hmm. you know. No, totally. yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised one of the big companies hasn't done a because I know Marvel did their augmented reality stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of fun. That was. I, quite I mean, liked it was. It, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Um, but I'm surprised one of the big companies hasn't like tried to tr to you know pull ahead. They tried to do like play with it, but I guess mm -hmm. there's more money in video games. More money. Yeah, video games. I know, I know sports. We found out, yeah. Uh, I know sports does it because you know you can't go to the arenas anymore, so you can kind of be like, yeah. I don't know. It's um, I'm not really a big VR person, but I think it does have potential. Um, for I mean, sure. I I don't use it a lot. Uh, we use it a lot. We use it for exercise and. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I played a few games on it, but like one with a sword and sorcery one where you like have to fight apparently i'm really good at killing skeletons that's all i'm saying um with a sword but yeah um i don't use it very much my favorite thing to do is to just wander around mountains in america um it's, it's yeah nice. wander around national parks and go this is kind of chill i'm like you know just get that's out of awesome. the house it's actually, it's actually been very nice this year to like just when we haven't been able to get out of the house to go yeah let's go see some nature it's so futuristic like whoa. There I had re I had read just a recent um, article that um, Microsoft Flight Simulator, the new version that came out, they're actually putting a VR mode to it. So, mm. it's, oh, that's so it's going to be kind of like that, like being able to to wander. Oh, my dad around. will love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a dad game. Definitely well, my dad, dad game. watches YouTube videos of people flying planes all the time. That is oh, made for dad. my dad. That is awesome. <laughs> I'd really love like a VR, like going through like old comics. That'd be, I don't know. That would be, be amazing. Just like yeah. an experience. Just, it'd be great. <laughs> just like, and you could take there's like selfies potential in there. there. You, yeah, you could take like so selfies. Much potential there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Go and like go 
punch Hitler with cap, you know? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was yeah. just thinking like a, a selfie with the thing, but I definitely like punch Hitler with cap. <laughs> <laughs> That's where our minds go. I was just yeah. in a Hitler mood. You go kick, you go uh, punch Hitler with Midnighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, awesome. You know. Cool. Baby yeah. Hitler with Midnighter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, younger Hitler with Midnighter. Or you could like uh, have some fun with either Time Walker and Hitler. They'd be like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just I have one last bit of news that came came through the wires yesterday. Uh, crossover is a big image book from uh, Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Like, it's I know it's it sold a lot of copies, but it's kind of been mixed as far as people liking it or not. I think kind of just like Donny Cates as a creator in general. Uh, but I saw that issue three is going to have a variant cover by Todd McFarlane, one of the founders of Image, and it's a, it's actually a pretty cool cover. It's like Spawn. Um, kind of peeping over the shoulder of the protagonist of Crossover who's reading a comic. So, it, um, and I think that- It is actually, it's a really cool cover. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And then because apparently um, characters, different image characters are gonna maybe show up in Crossover and or, or already have like um, Madman might, Spawn might. So uh, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, no, totally. And they, I mean, he, they've definitely- I don't know how they got the permission, but there's so many references to, to, to DC and Marvel characters too. So maybe they even have permission to, to possibly use them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I've always thought that like a really interesting idea, I think uh, another podcast, they're talking about like image grand design, like getting, bringing in all the mm-hmm. the nineties the image characters. And like, I think they tried to do it, but then, I think Rob Liefeld was like blowing deadlines. Well, like Rob Liefeld was like blowing deadlines and stuff. That's <laughs> but I always thought it would be a cool idea to kind of modernize those characters. But I mean, kind of like, uh, I know I know Brandon Graham did some stuff of like Profit and um, Sophie Campbell did stuff of Glory. That would be cool to bring them all together. But I guess we got crossover. So it's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Is anyone reading it? Yeah, I read the first issue. It's it's very. I mean, it has some. I mean, it's definitely you know the art's really good because it's Jeff Shaw. He does that. Yeah, yeah. Wide scale action, really good. But it's also very kind of broy because it's like about this world where like going to a comic store is like a taboo activity or something. So it's very like um, like cishet nerd bro mid two thousands vibe, which is kind of dated. A friend totally. of Rebecca and mine called it, what was it, Ready Player One for comics? Yeah, and I could totally that's val- that. That's valid for sure. I mean, um, like, you um, know, but also there's only, there are only one issue in. Yeah. And um, it's the kind of thing that I'm now m- more likely to trade weight. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> because, just Because, like, it's just, I just, while, while I'm trying to keep the pull list under control, um, and I'm not taking quite as much. Oh, I'll just read everything and see what I want to keep because if I like it all, then I'm in trouble. Yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot more like slipping onto the. I'll just get it in trade. If tr- people, if enough people I trust tell me I like it, then I'll get it in trade. I tried the read everything approach. It doesn't work. Yeah, I saw your pull list <laughs> at the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> terrifying. The time. Oh my god, I was so lucky. I was not like into anything else at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like, all all that money um but no um no i um i have the second issue on my pull list to to pick up and 
and you know like from there i'll i'll decide whether or not i want to trade weight because it was really i mean like i like the idea and the premise but yeah like the you know i mean using the comic book store as like almost like a speakeasy kind of you know vibe and like your underground your you know be cool read comics kind of vibe to it was was, was, a, was a little too much you know like it would have been fine like 20 years ago but like now especially with a lot of you know uh, you know, uh, you know, other types of people not able to express who they are and stuff like that nowadays. You know, like it's kind of not timely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just honestly, I'm in it. I just, I just want them to go like crazy with like cameos and shit, and just that's no, I know, that yeah, which, yeah, which is honestly, I mean, that's like, I, I think I've said this, but like my goal is for just Donny Cates to just like go into the Ultimate Universe and like have a giant party. Oh. I, he'd love to though. <laughs> like, yeah, love to do like he's just one of those guys who I just like. He's he's fun, but he's fun, kind of harmless. He's like he's like Mark Miller, but without like the like the, like less toxic. For now, like he might be really bad. <laughs> For now, yeah, he just does these like really kind of fun like blockbustery kind. He of has stuff. some. He it, understands that it should be fun. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, so. but and, and it was and funny he, too. Oh, sorry. Oh, and he, and he works with really good artists too. I think that's another reason. Like really, Jeff yeah. Shaw, Tradmore, Ryan Stegman. Like if he keeps working with good artists, I'll keep probably getting his stuff. Yeah. I really like a lot of his stuff. I just there's so much of it, and I don't like Venom as a character. So stymied yeah. there. No, if it's not Flash Thompson. I don't care about Venom. <laughs> so like... I I absolutely agree on that as well. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we're talking about nineties edgy, yes. be cool, read comics. <laughs> um, uh, no, um, I it's with Donny with Donny Cates. You know, it's funny. Like Logan, you were saying that it'd be nice to have him in the Ultimate Universe. He had he had kind of that chance with Marvel Knights, and and it wasn't that good. <laughs> so. Huh. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm I would like I love to see him have a kind of a sandbox approach to a to a big two comic, but at the same time I'm a little pensive now because of that. Yeah, I didn't read. Then Marvel Knights had like a bunch of writers on it. I, I think yeah, I read, yeah, he was kind of like show running he it. Was the curator. Oh, yeah, okay. I I thought he was like the only writer, but maybe yeah, that's probably I know, no. I, know I think I think yeah. different people wrote each issue, and he just like um, but yeah, it was I it was all right. It yeah. wasn't like it wasn't awful, but it wasn't like blow you away but these are not indie comics so yeah do real to no 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 it's all but it's, it's donny like he's he's writes for marvel so what can you do he's yeah. everywhere yeah he is everywhere it's like yeah i mean i mean honestly kudos to him for still doing indie stuff mm-hmm. um i like i always, always and then you know that's how he started you know doing those like paybacks and the the truck comic coast fleet or whatever Ghost like yeah, yeah for for <laughs> yeah he was doing all these like like just crazy like high concept stuff and kind of on the side so yeah cool all right so we're gonna move on to quick hits uh rebecca what is your uh quick hit this week it's a really old comic from 2013 but i've not really read much recently so uh it's porcelain by benjamin reader and chris wild goose and from improper books which they set up I think they're some of the co-founders of um, and it is its subtitle is a gothic fairy tale it's like uh, just under 100 pages so like sort of thin yeah it is really it's yeah. this little this um, unnamed female protagonist girl urchin outside these big gates of a mansion that's locked and all her villainous you know sort of pick 
rickety friends are like, no, you go over there, you go over there. They decide they want to like rob this mansion that's from a wizard. And uh, so she ends up going and he takes her on as his ward and he makes all these porcelain live action figure things. So he has massive guard dogs that are made out of porcelain and he makes her a little cat and he has porcelain butler and they all move and he's like an alchemist and so and then there's one door that she's not allowed to go behind so of course she goes behind it all these weird things happen it's kind of gross and um yeah it's pretty cool pretty little story tale little fairy tale uh and there's a couple of other books in the series but i just haven't read it for ages and i was like i just want to read porcelain again um it's a nice easy read beautiful art like chris wild goose has done i think he's done some dc stuff recently with one of the um zoom ones i don't remember which um because i don't really follow dc yeah. um but it's really beautiful art and the 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 front cover of the book is uh art deco to just give you even more of a sense of it and neither of the protagonists are named so you just have the girl the child and um he, they decide to call him uncle. But they address the fact that if it was dad, it would be creepy. And, mm-hmm. you know, like they, so they do address some of this, like she tells him off for finding her in bed in what she says is her underwear, but it's like um, a full dress kind of thing. You know, like it's not, it's like a smock rather it's than underwear actual underwear. Yeah, yeah, and he actually says it was the porcelain butler that did it anyway. Like, it wasn't me. But, like, so they do address the fact that this could be a little bit creepy, but then a lot of the other stuff that's going on is creepy anyway. Nice. Um, because, as you can imagine, you don't get to make animatronic live porcelain models without a little bit of dodginess going on. There's some dodginess going on. And yeah. she finds out and then blah, blah. It all kind of like switches at the end. And it's pretty good. I, I recommend it. It's quite cheap. It's, uh, it's on Comixology, I checked. Um, because I think Improper Books is a very British uh, imprint. Uh, but they've done some, they do a lot of like very sort of gothic fairy tale-ish type stuff. Like they did the Night Post as well um so I, i'd pretty much recommend all their books but that's what i was just reading so it's a nice sort of get you in the mood for the holiday season fairy I like tales that. yeah i like yeah. That, a gothic fairy tale comic book company like sign me up please yeah, yeah. The, you'd yeah love i'm, the I'm night looking at art right very, now it's yeah. really beautiful mm-hmm. it's really beautiful lots of pastel colors and purples and yeah it's beautiful stuff so and it's one that I just bought randomly because I saw it at a book, uh, comic shop and it was like signed copy. And I was like, oh, I'll just grab that then. Um, and I'd never heard of it. And then I sort of like later on on Twitter, everyone was going on about how great porcelain was. And I was like, oh, cool. I own that. Yeah. Um, but it is pretty good. Yeah. So. Always, always a great feeling. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I love Chris Wildgoose. So re- recently he did a book with Cy Spurrier, Spurrier recently called Alienated. Uh, from oh Boom. that's what I've oh man yeah, i knew he'd been around yeah, some, yeah. he seems that, like a really nice guy as well so yeah so i definitely have to check this out because i think i think we're all we're all fantasy fans here too right so mm-hmm. definitely why check that out yeah uh brian what is your uh, quick hit for this week okay well i I have a disclaimer because <laughs> it, it, it sounds like I'm, I'm breaking two rules at once uh, with what, what I'm about to say, um, but just bear with me. Um, I have the Legend of Zelda 
um, hand-drawn game guide. <laughs> so yeah, you it's like, oh, that doesn't sound like a comic. And it also sounds like it's licensed. Well, one, it's not licensed because it's unauthorized. Uh, <laughs> and, and two, um, this is a, so I picked it up because I love the original Legend of Zelda very much. It's definitely the, the cornerstone of all my, my gaming and probably my fantasy love as well, you know, speaking of earlier. And, um, and so the, the, on the website, they show some of the artwork and it looks great. And, and um, I, got, I got it in the mail yesterday and immediately started reading it. And as I'm reading it, I realize what the, the writer and the artist did who is Philip Summers, by the way. I don't think I said that. And he actually, during the gameplay guide, instead of writing it as like bullet notes or like, go here, do this, do that, he writes a story. He wrote a narrative, essentially, on where Link needs to go and why and who he meets and, and what he does to to defeat whomever and and, and whatnot. So... The fact that it's a, it's hand drawn, it's um, you know pa- basically panels of work along with a a continuing narrative prose approach to to the guide makes it a comic in my opinion, and so and it's definitely even if you're not a fan of the Zelda series or video games, I would definitely recommend it. The artwork is awesome; it's amazing. It's definitely something that you can appreciate even if you've never played. Um, any any type of video game or even Legend of Zelda, um, it's it's um, pretty clever. Also, because because the original Zelda is definitely like an open world game, so he he had you know the the narrative he created basically is a certain way to play the game, and so I I've always played this game a different way. So now I want to go ahead come back and yeah. play it in the order that he says to play the the, the game. <laughs> So I think that's that's pretty cool. Um the the guide is available on a Gumroad Gumroad website. Um his his website which is hand drawn games will have the we'll we'll tweet out the 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 URL and um you can either get the digital version for a dollar or whatever just like Gumroad you can you can pay whatever you want to but at least a dollar or you can uh, wait for the the physical edition. Um, I got the physical edition. It's um, it uh, they're always sold out. So what I recommend if you want a physical edition is that you have to get on this guy's mailing list because about two weeks before it goes out, before he has new copies of it, he tells everyone that these are going to go back on sale. the The benefit of having the physical copy, besides you know, having something in your hand and which, and you know, beautiful artwork in, in your hand is always nice, you know, rather than just seeing it on the screen. But it's also, it comes with a full pullout uh, hand-drawn map of Ooh. the overworld. Oh, nice. and oh that's so, amazing. Um, I know, that's really cool. I know podcast is a, is not a physical medium, but mm-hmm. I just show kind of idea, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's basically a nice hand-drawn map with all the keys of where everything is. And it's, it's, there's a smaller version of that in the digital version, but it's not a cool pull-out map, which mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as a, you know, a video game player since the eighties, um, that's actually something else I really like about this because 
playing the original Zelda, there was no guides or wait, you know, maps or anything like that. So you had right. to make your own. So the fact that this guy has hand drawn a, a map and a guide is just kind of like goes back to the roots of, of like adventure video gaming. Mm. What about Nintendo Power? They had maps. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, but I, I don't think the, the Zelda map came out until no. maybe a few months after. So, yeah. Well, like when it first came out, yeah, because. So always get get a p- piece of grid paper and and map out the you know where all the keys and the hearts and stuff are. And Whoa. some of us couldn't afford subscriptions to all the magazines, yeah. so we definitely had to draw our own. Oh, I mean, you don't you don't have to subscribe. You can just go to the Barnes and Noble. Off paper, yeah, next to the, um, <laughs> just go to the Barnes and Noble and read them. So yeah, so this is definitely a, a shout back to to the roots of uh, of gaming. I I think I somewhere in my parents' house my Metroid. Put, um, my Metroid's hand-drawn map is somewhere because <laughs> that, that's wow. another game that you need to make something. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. But it's nothing like this. <laughs> it's stick figures. And... Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one's <laughs> yeah. really, really good. Mine yeah. never looked like that either. Yeah. <laughs> mine were all just little, little lines. Like here's where I need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine were like scribbles. So definitely recommend. Um, it's always great to to support us. Uh, a uh, an independent artist. He has other guides as well. I haven't looked at them because it's not Zelda, but I will probably check them out I'm as well. I'm totally going to look at them. Yeah. He's a he, con- Contra and Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, yeah, Ninja Gaiden and Contra, which are also just great games too. You should so. have Ultima. Ultima would be great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, totally. The art for Contra looks so good. Like, so 90s. Like, big muscles, guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really the, good. His... Um, in this in this book, his his uh, his portrayal of Link when he does like a quick uh, like a shot of Link is this like chiseled like like almost uh, um, out of a romance novel cover version of Link that's like Hot Link essentially. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, because yeah, what these games came out in the eighties and that was kind of like the standard for action heroes. So mm-hmm. which which yeah, I mean, like I don't really think of Link like. I mean, he does have his, you know, edgy, you know, like Twilight Princess. He's he's a little edgier, has a yeah. little stubble. But I usually think of him just this little cute little little, little elf looking <laughs> looking guy. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but it's just funny to think of a linkless. <laughs> yeah, no, no, in my brain, just no, yeah, twi- no, I, yeah, Twilight yeah. Princess. I was like, Whoa. yeah, no, <laughs> that was like that was like that was like a too. that was like an awakening. I was like what thirteen when that game came out. Like yes. that was an. That was an awakening. Oh my gosh! Does he have stubble in Breath of the Wild? He doesn't have stubble in Breath of the Wild. Oh, no, he doesn't does have stubble. He? No, he doesn't. I was about no, to say no, no he doesn't. No. <laughs> I don't remember. He's, a child he's very, in Breath of he's the Wild. very smooth skinned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it was just, it was like one of those like creative steps, and they're like, oh, maybe we went a little too far. But <laughs> it, it made me feel old, Logan, because uh, Twilight Princess came out like a week after I got married. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were 13 years old. Dude, it was great. When the Wii came out, like my, uh, I was waiting out in line to get it and stuff. It was great. It's all right. I'm here to make you feel younger <laughs> again, Brian. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we're all young at heart, right? That's, yeah. That's, that's important. right. But, 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 you know, it's cool. Like, you know, this, this character has been, this franchise is still going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I'm glad you, glad you share that. Um, and I like that, you know, everything's handmade and very kind of DIY. Yeah. No, totally. I like it, for sure. Um, yeah, because I know in Japan there's a doujinshi, and you see all these, like, fan takes on, like, pop culture icons. There's, like, a whole industry around it. And... Doujinshi's great. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and some, yeah. yeah, all over the place. A, a doujinshi 
conventions or, you know, similar things, which are all over the place. If you can go to just a fan convention with fan comics, those are fantastic. I went to one in Thailand that was similar to that. Um, and those are just great. I've got Batman fan made comics that are wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, and then a lot of times, you know, the 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 fans takes on the uh, well, like most of the time, the fans takes on these characters is like way better than like the the official licensed, you know, focus grouped versions. Um, oh yeah, again, like uh, like Hannah Bloom, yeah, like Hannah, there. like Hannah Blumenreich Spider Man is like so much better than really anything Marvel's done with Spider Man in comics in like the past ten years, <laughs> for sure. The Black Cat's Batman's hilarious. Yeah, so. It's, it's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, Darcy, what was your quick hit for this week? Um, I'm kind of like Rebecca. I didn't have a lot of time this week. Busy, busy. So I'm doing catch-ups. Um, also because it's a good time to catch up. Uh, the Gunner Craig Court webcomic uh, just kind of hit a really good spot. Uh, the last time I talked about it, I kind of did the full comic and was saying, oh my gosh, it's doing a thing where it's <laughs> from chapter one. Way back in chapter one, it set up this thing and it's talking about it again. Holy crap. It finished that section. And so chapter 77 and chapter 78, which just finished, we're about to go into chapter 79. Uh, those two chapters were kind of huge. It told us um, one how chapter one actually happened in chapter one annie kind of falls off this bridge that lets you into gunner craig court and her life is saved by these birds called TikToks, and they're these they're this huge mystery in the court where did these TikToks come from these birds they're like mechanical um, and no one in the court knows where they came from. They're this mystery that have been around for years and years and years. And you find out in chapter 77 where they're from, who made them. They're this like mystery throughout time. And it is one of the more fantastic chapters that's been in the story. Um, and I really, really loved this this chapter, chapter 76, 77, 78, I should say. And I just, it, it's been really fabulous. Then you get into kind of Cat uh, and Paz, which Cat um, is Annie's best friend and her girlfriend Paz. They've kind of been stressed out because of Cat's work with the robots and Paz kind of being tense because of their friendship that gets worked out finally because that's been a problem and then chapter 78 we work out some issues with possibly coyote which is where our kind of the last probably I don't know, 10 chapters have been an issue with. Um, so we're about to go into 79, which is the climax, I think, maybe of this section or maybe the penultimate chapter to the climax of the section, possibly. So we are getting there. Ooh. And uh, I'm super, super excited. If you're at all interested in this story. I really enjoyed the first one I read, but like, I just it just... 
seems very overwhelming there's so much of it there is so much of it and obviously it's been going for over a decade now so it's it's definitely one of those things if you're going to get in it is a commitment you're making (laughs) (laughs) i've made this commitment since my 20s it's a commitment you're making to love this for your entire life i think we do Um, have a cuddly coyote though Good. I'm so jealous of your cuddly coyote. One day I will get you a cuddly coyote. I would appreciate it so much. (laughs) At the time I got it, I had no idea you were a fan. I'm such um, a fan, like my entire life. Yeah, Zoe Zoe reads it. So, um, yeah. When she when yeah, well, she's got like the first, like she's got like a ton of volumes of it which is why it's terrible that I haven't read it. But that's why yes. we have the Cuddly Coyote, because when she was looking at who was going to Thought Bubble, she was like, oh, and he's just said he's done this Coyote, and can you get me one? So that's... But I wasn't allowed to take the really nice volumes to get signed, so I got the sort of second one in case I got them damaged. Oops. <laughs> Not very trusted. <laughs> so. Still, that's awesome. Oh, you had me at uh, Mechanical Birds. So, <laughs> if she's gotten off of it, tell her she needs to catch up because this. Yeah, is, we'll do actually. This this is where to catch up. Awesome. Yeah, but if we see him again, don't worry, you'll get a coyote too because it is very cute. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I definitely think there should be more plushes to promote comics. I'm trying to think, uh, which uh, I think I know. I know Saga had one. Headlopper uh, didn't Headlopper do something? Yeah, they have a pillow right now. It's of Ag- the Blue Witch. Ag- Ag- I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew that awesome. Levin's had um, had something from Headlopper. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know what the creator of uh, Check Please had little like handcrafts that she had at a con mm-hmm. to promote promote that book. So, um, yeah, it's it's cool. It is, and especially as a lot of the creatures they create are so great. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, might as well, you know, make a make a figure, make a plush mm-hmm. out of it. And yeah, I mean, if, if the big boys can do it, you can do it. I yeah, but they've still there's never more, made a Bucky Bear. We have to yeah. gather in just for Darcy. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I'm so, I want one so bad. Why haven't they made one? It's a travesty. I it's want a Bucky Bear. I need one. It's bullshit. It's, it's right canon. there for the it's taking. It's literally canon. It's canon. And no one's made it. Why haven't they made one? It's it's bringing comic book merchandise blasphemy. Yes. Okay, I'm done. They're they're holding they're holding it for the Disney Plus release of Falcon the Winter Soldier. No. I'm telling you, if we don't get like... one for it, I will cry. Yeah. That's the time to put it out. Mm-hmm. There better be a flashback, and they've made a Bucky Bear in the 1940s, and then they release one in a Disney store or some shit. Because I friggin' want one. Or even like a, they've got Build-A-Bear. They've got say, yeah. Build-A-Bear Disney things, and they don't have a Build-A-Bear Bucky yeah. Bear. I mean, Although, to so be bullshit. fair, my friend for her son bought a uh, Build-A-Bear and made it into a Bucky Bear. Oh, so Good awesome. for her. Good. That is awesome. Again, fan, you know, the fans. Yeah. yeah it, you yeah. can get them on Etsy, but they're yeah. not, yeah. You know, they're not, not the way they should be. It's, it's money left on the table for Marvel money yes. left on the table because they're usually not leaving money on the table disney and marvel are usually really good at that they're okay, really again. good at marketing to like uh middle-aged white guys <laughs> i have not except, so much um, not so much female yeah. fans of bucky i don't know because i got you know i got you that 
I, I got you a bearded Steve plush. Yeah, but that was only in Thailand. That's accurate. That's true. I did get a stuffed, <laughs> um, I have a stuffed lockjaw, so. Oh, I have a stuffed lockjaw as well. Oh, I yeah, love that's it. That's true. That's yes, true. My, my little chunky. We still made one of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then my quick hit this week is, so another webcomic, um, it's, it's a Grind Like a Girl. It's by Veronica Casson. It is the story of her um, growing up as trans in New Jersey, a little bit of New York. She ends up moving to New York um, in the 90s, and it just ended this week, and it had, a, you know, kind of the perfect ending about, like, um, just being yourself, and she, like, flips off the high school. So, like, like it starts out, like, kind of high school drama um, in the early chapters that I read on Gumroad. So, like, she's, she's dealing, you know, with coming out to different friends and having different friends' reactions, different friends' um, um, parents' reactions and stuff, and then in the last chapter, she's she actually, because um, it's in the 90s, so she meets, she goes on, I think, a Usenet net board mm-hmm. and meets other trans women who, like, go to school, like Rutgers and, and kind of that Jersey, that North Jersey, New York area. So they go to um, some, like, queer-friendly fin- clubs and, like, brunch spots in, like, New York and the East Village that I looked up and they don't exist anymore. Thank you, gentrification. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and it's kind of sad, but, but, but it kind of shows how she kind of builds a community and, and the art's like super good. I, I really think this book, this uh, comic should have more recognition. You see people like, uh, like Becky Cloonan and like Farrell Dalrymple, like commenting on it and stuff. Um, right. Veronica, yeah, she, Veronica Kasten has this really cool style. Like she can go like nineties cutesy uh, manga, but she can also do more realistic. And one thing I also like about it, cause it's on Instagram. She does a really good job of um, kind of using the Instagram format for comics like like the flipping um mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's like what what a comicsology guided view tries to do yeah, but yeah. a lot of the comics aren't meant for that i, yeah, I know, they don't I know work unless they're but this, that way but this one like it's it's meant for instagram i don't think there even are there might be some physical copies floating out there of the earlier volumes but uh and and the casting has said that she wants to do like a collected version which i definitely want to get because like seeing the whole story and seeing how the art style shifts over, because she started writing it around 2016. Um, over four years has been really nice. Um, but yeah, you can check it out and like the literally, I mean, you can go back and uh, look at the stuff on Gumroad or you can just go on, on her Instagram, uh, Salt and Fog and check it out. And it's, it's awesome and it's really, it's really personal story really, but it's also like really beautiful art too, for sure. Um, yeah, Grind Like a Girl, just go to Instagram, Salt and Fog to find it. Um, yeah. It's followed. <laughs> I have to try and work out how to use Instagram properly. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, and also, you know, you can always go on uh, Gumroad and, and yeah, get, that's get the PDFs. Totally. Uh, I think it's one of those like pay a dollar, pay pay what you want kind of deal. Um, but yeah, no, like yeah, and I, I had like Instagram alerts for each chapter. I was like so into it, and it finally wrapped up this week, and I was kind of sad, but I was also like, it's so cool, like you know, seeing her her grow up, and um, especially like like in. I just I just love there's like so many cool compositions like there's like an early chapter there's like her and her friends as like RPG characters because that was one of her interests like uh, 90s JRPGs and stuff and then and then and then more recent like there's her at the club so it's like really cool like you, you see all the different angles of the club and really good color palettes remind me a lot of the iconic Wicked number eight but more um but less like kind of refined more um I don't know more a DIY so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good read. We have a very DIY um, 
quick hit segment. This this segment. Yeah, I this, like this, it. This I like it. It's all web comics and uh, yeah, yours. Your own. Yeah, it's just it's awesome. Like we're actually like I know I think I feel I feel like we had to do that after talking about like crossover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like crossover is like nominally indie. Yeah. Like. I mean, for sure. But uh, yeah, and I think I think that's a good, you know, Brian, I think it's a good segue to our uh, main course. And this comic mm-hmm. uh, breaks uh, by uh, Melon Ryden and Emma Viacelli was suggested by Rebecca. And Rebecca, like, why do you like this comic? And you can kind of introduce it to our audience. Breaks volume one. Yes, um, it's another webcomic, actually. So if you want to read it, you can read the whole lot online. It's at breakscomic.com. Um, but this is just volume one because it made it manageable and um, it was the first way I read it actually I, I saw it in a lot of a lot of cons and a lot of people talking about it and saying how great it was uh, when the first volume came out and I just kept looking at it and thinking it looks like it's too young for me like I don't know if I want to spend that much on a comic that looks like it might be too young for me and then I think Comixology had a sale where it was like two pounds and then I just read it. And the minute I finished it, as I think you'll appreciate, I did. I forgot that it ends kind of cliffhangery. I went straight to the website and caught up. And uh, now they've just, so volume two's out already. And they put a page out every Monday or cool. every Friday if you are a Patreon-like person. But so every Monday you can go read a new page. And you can, t- I think some of it you can tell in some of the pacing that it was done as a weekly thing, but they've written the whole story, so they know where it's going. Um, And yeah, it's really good, but I have to be very careful what I say about it because obviously I've read all of it that there is so far. So um, a lot of the uh, the first volume is about, it's about a a British high school students, a group of like four or five of them really. Um, Ian Tanner, who is, lanky and ginger and very good at running so he's got that sort of running figure and uh Colin hunter who is Colin hunt who is a transfer student which we don't get all that many of but i was a transfer student more often than not uh, we moved house a lot when i was a kid and he's got some sort of mystery behind him like there's some sort of nobody really knows why he's had to transfer in sort of mid-year or wherever year um and he's um he's kind of a bit stocky a bit shorter and stockier but very very beautiful and with very floofy hair and (laughs) uh his best friend's called Irina and Ian's girlfriend is Amela and there's uh ian and amala both friends with spence who's kind of a bit of a bully boy um a pretty typical bully but uh the comic starts by kind of setting ian and caught up as um not necessarily nemeses or rivals but they definitely go on each other's nerves and then you find out very quickly that the relationship is going to change and the first volume basically shows you how it gets to that point where they realize there's a bit more in it and they they might quite like each other in a sort of boyfriend kind of way um but in between there's a lot of uh bullying and um (laughs) ian being a bit of a dick 
and I think kind of what I liked about it was uh, it felt very authentic to me about not necessarily people I knew at school because it's clearly this is you know shining a very specific light on things but the language they use is very typical and I like that um, I like that the girls had p proper personalities even mm -hmm. though it wasn't their story so Amala could make little comments and they know that Spence is a dick, but they're still his friend because that happens. Like bullies do have friends who don't necessarily agree with them uh, on everything, but sometimes go along for the ride. And it's kind of, it's painful to, to watch, but we all know that when you're sort of 16, 17, you're not, you're very easily swayed. And then you kind of get sucked into the, how does this situation change? Like how do you go from like basically pulling each other's pigtails to kissing um by way of some you know big sort of events but and then underneath there's this kind of like lulled um mystery that you don't really know what's gone like why is um court living with his brother uh why does court have a social worker why does you know Irina refer to the trouble he's been in and like there's some sort of mystery going on there but there's also some sort of mystery with like they they refer to like why Spence like Spencer's dad and and how he's treated as well. Uh, so I kind of like that it kind of sucks you in slowly. Like when I was rereading it, I was like the first few pages, I was like, ah, oh, you know, was I wrong about this? And not in a bad way, but like, did I kind of forget how much I love it? And then I was kind of by chapter two, I was almost kind of sucked back into the sort of group dynamic and and uh, the characters that I liked. Yeah, I like that they open with that dance because it, cause it, you know, it gives you a really good overview of like the, the social packing order at the school. And, yeah. and you also get kind of those little little glances that um, Ian and Court kind of share at the dance. And I, and I, I love that like Court pretty, pretty much has to be dragged. To the, that was pretty, that was just a great, yeah. um, By that was brother, a great, you know, you will go, and yeah. you're not really sure mm -hmm. it's his brother or yeah. who it is at that point. And it becomes, there's a lot of things. I like that they don't, there's not a huge amount of exposition yeah, about some of the things like they just kind of drop it in and they're like um but i can i can tell you now that like volume two will a actually answers almost all of those questions there's just like one remaining big question which is the i think i think in almost the first or second page and he says like in a year's time in a year and a half time i'll have killed someone so that's mm. clearly end game for the comic oh. but it's something i kind of forgot about it's like you go oh okay we're going for something like something bad is going to happen whatever else good but if you do read it on tapas um you should know it has an adult tag which isn't entirely deserved in fact it actually isn't deserved it's for one panel yeah and um because a panel that shows a sex toy mm. not even in a sexual use but just wow. a panel with yeah they marked it as adults Sad. so I mean, yeah. not really sad because I don't really care to see that with high school students or anything, but that's it's, really It's weak. more like if you gave it to someone as a joke present kind of situation rather than a, that's what I'm saying. It's not right. Like, it's just, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. Um, but I got it, this sort of adult tag. So if you mm. do go there and you worry about the adult tag, it's not because you're about to like open a very, very adult comic. It's just... Right. Like, <laughs> Why are they naked? I expect that there will be some. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I I fell in love with it um, yeah. unexpectedly. And then finding out it had started off um, from their friendship over 
Dragon Age fanfic just made me. Wow. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I love that because I think that was like some kind of a Kickstarter edition. It had a lot of supplementary. Yeah. Yeah. Which, because mm-hmm. at first I, I was, I was really unsure that, that like, who's the writer, who's the artist, but I'm like, oh, like Melon Ryden kind of comes up with the overall script and then Emma yeah. Viacelli polishes it up and then she does the art and the colors and she's and a really- now famous for Life is Strange, so. Yeah, yeah, and she, I mean, I really liked yes. her. Uh, she did some stuff on the gym and the holograms comics and- Yeah, and she Bonagram, did the Transformers hey, one, yeah. Bonagram B-side, Wuthering yeah. Heights. That's, that's probably where the first time I saw her, her work. Um, She's definitely in that like kind of cool like 2000s, 2010. Yeah, yeah. She's she's good London. friends with, with all the Brits. Like we love yeah. all, all the Brits are very. It's another British. I I think all of my suggestions are British. So <laughs> Malin isn't. Malin's uh, Scandinavian, Finnish, Scandinavian, Sw- Swedish. So Swedish, yeah. Yeah, because because it said it like she was doing the fan fiction to work on because she wanted to do yeah novels work on her English. Yeah, and she wanted to work on like doing English dialogue and stuff. And I'm like. Psh. <laughs> You got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Darcy, what did you what did you think about um, uh, Breaks Volume One? I liked it. I always uh, high school stories sometimes go a little bit, you know, like oh, kind of idealize high school in some way. This very much reminds you that kind of teenagers are assholes. Teenagers are terrible people. You think back to teenage years, and yeah, high school is full of awful awful people and high school is a crazy place where really heightened emotions happen and really crazy things always happen to people during their teenage years that when you think (laughs) back you're like oh yeah my friend nearly got kidnapped and people always nearly die and shit and like It's crazy things happen when you're a teenager that just you as an adult when things get boring you don't think about how crazy your life is when you're a teenager but life is crazy when you're a teenager what's up with that and I think this captured that really well um so I kind of like that about it it kind of captured definitely the intensity of kind of teenage life uh, and kind of teenage emotions really well I also, there was something about uh, Ian's character I really liked, especially with kind of his flippancy towards his talent that I enjoyed that seemed very, very in character. Obviously, it was in character. It was his character. It seemed like a very good character choice for him to be good at something and to kind of not give a shit about it yeah oh i'd oh i'd rather go sell something than to be good at this thing uh, as opposed to a lot of other teenage characters who are like oh i'm gonna go be the best runner in the world of running things like i like he's really he almost doesn't want to mention it to anyone it's like like, i'm kind of embarrassed about the fact i've got this incredible talent so exactly i you know i read a lot of manga and if it were a manga it would be oh i'm gonna go be the you know i'm gonna go be in the olympics right uh, but this it's it's you know fuck that i'm gonna smoke and and completely ruin my lungs and not be able to go two feet so i i, I really liked that about his character it was something it was different it was interesting so he kind of ended up i think being my favorite character overall he i i kind of really enjoyed him he's a bit of a dick definitely he was a bit of a giant ass but he knows he is he i mean that's what is. i love and, about and it he, he was, knows he's you know he's dorky and he doesn't quite get like but he, he knows he's being a dick and he definitely has a sweet center he was like i'm gonna 
he was more acting a dick. Yeah. And I also, I liked, I liked, I liked some of his sense of, I like that some of the quips he comes up with, like, I like one of the things I like they do with the dialogue is that they let people talk over each other. Mm. So you kind of get them sort of finishing off sentences and saying like, mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to be straight with you. Oh, I don't think that's the word you mean. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's just like, you know, so even like this very fraught moment where they're trying to just deal with these emotions, they can still sort of laugh about it. Cause that's, that's what happens with life sometimes, you know, mm. if you're that kind of per, it's very British to sort of say something self-deprecating in the middle of it all, or to sort of mm -hmm. chuck humor in there. So I kind yeah, of like that, yeah. that, that it felt very, very real yeah they go on little little i love them when they go little you know side tangents side quests like there's like a a food fight plot line and <laughs> just like 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 you know it's all this like romance and and violence and stuff but then you, you like remember like these are these are teenagers they're gonna do do silly shit like like you get the, the, the or when the, ian has that cute little chat with his sister <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. oh his sister's great and it's like oh, just they, they had such a fun dynamic either in one scene but they had such a fun yeah, dynamic yeah. She's like, I have more of a so. She's like just roasting him, and it's like so good. Um, such a fun character. I hope we see more of her, even though she doesn't. You know, she's younger, so she doesn't like. She's not in the cool social, like cool social yeah. group, like other kids and stuff. Uh, Brian, what what would you think about um, uh, breaks? Oh uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it um, as well. Um, I I kind I like the the kind of the manga plus like art mm -hmm. style you know it's um kind of like a western manga um art on here um and and it definitely you know as 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 previously mentioned it kind of has almost like a manga feel but then it doesn't go in the directions that the mangas usually go and which makes it its own unique thing um much like what we were talking about with four kids um a couple of weeks ago um the the first issue as a, rebecca had, had nuanced to or uh, is it's a little slow um but i think it's just because you have to get everyone into the world that that this takes place and then once that world is established then you can destroy the world and that's when mm -hmm. it becomes fun and so i i really i um the first the first few pages were a little bit a little bit slow to read but after that it's just like we're off for the races and i can't put this down so um and and so definitely definitely enjoyed that um i i totally got um i love actually the the main characters you know well like four of the main characters i'm not i wasn't a huge spence fan but like the rest of them i was uh i really love um i love amala i love the, the ribbing that 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 she gives Ian, um, and that you can tell that there is some kind of love there, um, even though they're they're very bratty to each other, <laughs> um, and and I love um, I just it, there's there's a lot of great dynamics. I kind of got a Zach Morris vibe um, from Ian, you know, oh, yeah. kind of like the, the lovable asshole jerk. Kind of yeah. like now I'm, I don't I'm, like him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh -oh. but no this guy but the, but the thing is is that is that the ian's more dynamic than like of zach morris so like I, I, I initially got that vibe but then i it's think like, also oh. zach is more like pretty boy lead whereas yeah. ian's like not quite there yeah exactly there but yeah. but yeah no i but but then but it just it develops from there and makes him more lovable and likable and also kind of like the 
you know, I'm sure there's a there's a fanfic somewhere where AC Slater and, and Zach Morris end up kissing. Oh my and, god, yeah, of course. There's gotta be like thousands. <laughs> so so I, I will, they, will and, they do that in the Peacock reboot? Yep. Oh nice. Probably. <laughs> no. And in in courts uh, in courts of history, um, I love how you know, like every, you know, you're not hit over the head with exposition, but you know like something is going on. Um, same with like when they mention Ian's dad, like like is he dead? Is did he do something wrong? Like like like, obviously he's not a good. He wasn't a good person, but like where and what what's going on with him, you know? And like, there's definitely that kind of theme of like, you don't have to be your parents' child essentially. Like you don't have to be your parents when you grow up. And there's definitely also that vibe of that these are teenagers, so they're they're you know they're adults but they're kids inside you know like the kids running adult bodies and they don't know how to how to to be exactly yet yeah they're literally just on the cusp of 18 yeah so they're like they're just about to have to deal with the the adults being adults it's like a baby running a gundam like or a man you know it's like you know it it, it can be very destructive and you don't know what you're doing you know so brain hasn't fully developed yet. So it's definitely has that vibe and definitely that makes it, you know, very much, you know, something like very nostalgic because I think we all go through that <laughs> and, and all the dumb things we've done in high school and all the dumb things we've done as teenagers. But at the same time, the intentions are there not to be dumb. It's just, we're just kids. <laughs> so I was a delinquent teen. So I'm like, oh, this is like, you know. <laughs> probably was so. i was um, perfect so i don't know what any of you are talking about <laughs> I was yeah between. i like see I, yeah i like i mean i really i mean the fights like i got into fights when i was like younger and like yo like you know it might like you know in the movies they look like you know they're holding like you're you're not holding back and and i really like how they use the the, the two scenes of ian and court looking at each other through the fence and just a different yeah. context of those scenes. Like, and just the framing was so beautiful. I think the art's really, really lovely. And I, I think the sepia tones almost add to that sort of nostalgia when you're reading, and we're reading it as older than, you know, I don't know, like, but it, it certainly sort of plays into that for me. Is this like, yeah, I graduated also, from high school last year. It was, it was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also, there's all the sort of snake backgrounds oh, and ooh, the yeah. sort of, Textures, you know, like to, sh- yeah. to show court's emotional state um, yeah. like when he's getting angry it gets like more intense and and stuff like that and it's just, they're really nice touches for something that someone's doing in their spare time you know like to do as a webcomic so yeah i liked um i think especially the paneling when he was beating the car at the end yes i really and the street fighter that. joke oh my god yeah mm. yeah <laughs> my car that was so good i like yeah. his floofy hair I like court. <laughs> oh, yeah. Coley has like Ryu from Street Fighter hair, and yeah. it makes him the, gives him like the bad boy look to him, and yeah, really yeah, he's he, he's a bush shonen protagonist for sure. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, just I love all the manga, the manga shorthand like for emotions, like the I love the seeing the ellipses when they're like about to say something like really like emotionally devastating. You get that beat panel, and all the, in this all the, week's all the in this effects. week's in this week's page, there was a chibi court. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's we very on brand. About. That's very. Yeah, it was. It's just. I'm just saying. I'm only flagging that up because it was. Um, yeah. Like I was uh, sh- talking to someone about it that also reads it, and they were like, 
where did Chippy Court come from? And it's like <laughs> such a perfect moment for him. So it's just like, yeah, yeah it's like. Well, I feel like a lot of like comics creators, like especially like this generation of comics creators, they they grew up reading manga and not um, and watching anime and not um, they like you reading some you know some mainstream superhero comics, but I think that's more of a pronounced. Influence. It's more of a mix. It's like you know yeah. it's more available. It's more you know yeah. you can see it all and and also the influence of games. Oh, for and sure. And the narrative stories of games. And they're like, um, I'm a big fan of Dragon Age games, so I'm like, yeah, I can see where this. Uh, yeah, romance options to... and stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I and then yeah, this and this is like you know like I feel like en- enemies to lovers is like one of my go-to like comfort tropes. So I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be a a hundred. Like, well, I didn't know how long it was gonna be because there was lots of bonus material in the back, which yeah, is cool, yeah. very insightful and cool. Like, I was glad yeah. I got access to that. But I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be like a 150 page like slow burn. Awesome. <laughs> it was. I'm like, it's just the right burn. Um, yeah. And I loved uh, those scenes in the hospital were just like, that's what that's when I really got into the book. Like I was, I but was I like, also like that they deal with that as well. Like the court gets to actually say that was wrong. Yes, like, yeah. that was bad. Like and um, you know, because yeah, often that would be hand waved for the romance, mm-hmm. and it was just like no, and punches him. I like there's a, there's a few punches in the right direction um, because you know you're reading it and you're like. I, it's a little creepy. I, I a little think bit if, creep, but it's not because you know he's not done it. Like you know, the yeah. intention wasn't there, and it was really was just a very small. But it's still it could go that way. But I do like the fact that court gets to address it and say, "Punch, Dude. you know, <laughs> you deserve it." You know, it's, that it's not all smooth sailing. You know, it's not just like, "Oh look, all that tension. We must have just loved each other," um, mm-hmm. and carry on. It's like, no, no, there's going to be. As as the uh, front cover says, it's a love story, but a little bit broken. Yeah, because Amila is a, like a like in in most you know like so kind cool. of boring She's like romance. The yeah, oh. most like kind of you know you know tr- like romance. Like she would be like a total like asshole. Like get this straight girl out of here, blah blah blah, kind of shit. But she's like, but really of course, cool. it's hilarious when she's sort of. She's literally the coolest character in the book. I know she's like uh, so and she's cool. She's a DJ. Yeah. And she's, she's like, gonna, she's, she's the one who's going to be famous. You know, she's like, going to London. She's going to London as soon as she graduates. Yeah, yeah. Like, as soon she, as she has 18, all her stuff together. Yeah, she yeah. definitely she's, has all her stuff together. She knows court's hot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that yeah. was so good. I'm just like, yeah. oh, you're just fucking with me now. And, <laughs> and, and that's definitely that right there is kind of proof of like of that this book was definitely written not in a male gaze because because you know like she's like yeah he's he thought but and then there's no like oh my god i'm gonna fight you because you said that that you know i'm mad at you because you said the guy was hot same with like the whole kissing in the hospital scene if it was like a male gaze story that probably would have been like kind of a meet cute like you know like romance mm-hmm. moment but you know it's it's not it's it's not consensual <laughs> so it's, yeah there's it's a very, recognition that yeah. that's not a consensual act yeah. you know like um but i also just love some of the jokes like when they say things like christ are important mm-hmm. like because that's literally the kind of thing i would say jokingly to someone you know like if they were like you know he wants to talk about something important like food is important like you know carry on um mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I just it's set up really well. I like the way the volume works. Down. I kind of always feel bad that it ends where it ends because it's just like I feel like you haven't got any of the mysteries. Like you've got this great yeah. setup and none of the mysteries. But hey, you know, it is free to read. So yeah, when it, and I think it's a good plotting decision to kind of focus on that relationship, get us to really you know fall in love with these characters before we 
throw in the mysteries. Uh, yeah, no, for I sure. Like I mean, the, they definitely would derail yeah. it otherwise, because there is, uh, there would be a lot of exposition otherwise. And I love the fact that you you have um, Irina as uh, sort of Court's friend from before. Like she knows what his secret is. Yes. Like she clearly knows what his secret is. She calls him like nicknames, and yeah. she says, you know, we don't want to go through this again. So like she, you know, that there's someone there that knows who's got his back. So it can't be that bad or can it um <laughs> i really love her she's like probably one of my favorite she's uh, they're all my favorites but i really like arena um you just yeah. don't see her a lot in this oh, yeah. in this volume yeah because she's that cool background she's a you know polish expat um yeah we find out and uh yeah and it's and it's nice to have you know court to have someone to joke around with and be comfortable around but and, yeah her mom calls uh, him school. dangerous so yeah oh yeah yeah there's that line i, I didn't google translate the polish but i'm like yeah. i could tell like no i didn't yeah yeah, yeah. I, I maybe should have the inflection yeah the, the inflection is definitely there <laughs> yeah you're like yeah i don't i don't i don't need to translate. yeah this is <laughs> like yeah you know it's yeah for sure um yeah and i, I yeah <laughs> And I, I just, I like how, you know, every, you know, there wasn't like a comfortable kind of rhythm of each, like every page had kind of different layouts and lots of little panels and, but it, but it worked, you know, there, there's some panel, like it wasn't like text filled, you, you got to see, you know, different perspectives and yeah. maybe like little, cause I feel a lot in like, like in comics as well as in, you know, film and television, I feel like a lot of, you know, like the, the, that stuff with, you know, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza and, uh, Kristen Stewart in Happiest Season. I feel like a lot of queer romance is through like the eyes and the gaze and like just quiet moments um, mm -hmm. instead of just like, you know, like long, annoying, you know, other Hallmark movie speeches. Yeah. So I like that. I like that Viacelli and Raiden kind of uh, were able to pull that off like really well. And that was like, honestly, one of my favorite things in the comics is just like the little looks and you're like, they're like super close to each other. And then at the end, and then you get some really fun payoff at the end. And then you get a fun little prose story where they're swinging. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was like, because <laughs> this was originally prose. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Like, like, could you guys tell, like, I like that it was originally yeah. prose? And yeah. I mean, I could, I, I couldn't tell until, you know, once you saw the, the back matter, you know, it, it definitely, it read like a comic, which is definitely a compliment. You know, like, it's, it's not, it's not meat too meaty you know it's not too sloggy you know and it lets the pictures tell the story so i couldn't i couldn't tell that it was originally prose no yeah i mean it's yeah and, and like i like that they talked a lot about like editing like editing um some of the scenes that were in the original prose version um which is which is cool like yeah which i feel like a lot of like these terrible like um a song of ice and fire adaptations from a company i don't really want to name um and they're basically instead of like you know like it's a it's a cool instead of like trying to adapt like into comics they would just like straight up drop you know george R. R. martin's words and a lot of like not um manga classics which darcy brought up in earlier they do a really good job of adapting you know classic stories but some of the mm -hmm. earlier like classics to comics like some of the marvel stuff and i think there's stuff even before that like they would just drop the text in there and just try to throw in some pictures with the original language instead of really trying to adapt it. Um, but yeah, this, that book doesn't, I mean, because Viacelli, you know, she's like a working cartoonist and I feel like. She's also done a, a manga Shakespeare, a manga Hamlet. Okay, she did do that, so, okay, cool, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ooh. so she's just. I know. That's all the right. In our library, I love Lisa actually. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that one, and I'm like, mm. I know Emma Viacelli, like. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know Becky Cloonan did the Dracula in that same volume. It's like all these um, mm. cool indie artists before, like they blew up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> before they grew up. Blew up. Yeah. yeah. Not grew up. I don't know. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Do we have any last thoughts on Breaks Volume 1? Any, you know, last? I very much enjoyed it. I don't really have... I'm very relieved. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, like, I'm with Brian. Like, the first few pages, I'm like, what the hell is this? Is this, like... But then I'm like, okay. It's like, it's like using the manga iconography, but having these really deep, turbulent relations with, under it. And it was just, like... <laughs> yeah, it's really, kind of, like, Brit British, like meets manga which is awesome like that's <laughs> yeah british, like, per british personality manga yeah. visuals which is yeah great. yeah which is like per like shit i'm, I'm down like yeah i mean I, I love you know big big john allison fan i love that you know the, the mm. british indie scene in the 2000s 2010s so i'm like how did i not read this before but especially you know queer queer protagonists and yeah yeah i don't, I don't know I why think, i think a lot of people um talk about heartstopper instead um and i think that one I, I i read heartstopper afterwards and i like it as well it's another high school one um yeah. but it, that one did seem a bit younger to me so yeah. you know breaks is more my thing yeah this one yeah it's more like yeah you've been through high school you know what this shit is you know like <laughs> we'll throw in some pretty boys how awful people are yeah 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 it doesn't, so it's, awful. yeah because yeah, because it's it's YA for sure, but it like but it's like harder edged, which is yeah. good. Because I feel like like I I love YA. Like don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people shit on YA, um, but but like sometimes Favorite I feel people? like yeah, but I feel like they 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 sometimes they like soften it or whatever. Like I don't know, maybe to appeal to like the the parents of the kids reading it instead of mm -hmm. like kids yeah. swear, <laughs> kids get in fights, kids you know. Um, getting plucked up early. Like, let's just show that kind of stuff. Kids so. do dumb stuff. Yeah. That's what kids do. And get drunk and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're kids. What is the drinking age in the UK? I'm really curious. <laughs> they, 12. Um, it's 12. No, it's not 12. It's, um, <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I think 18. I think it's 18. It's 18. Yeah. It's 18. But you are allowed in pubs younger, some pubs younger. If you're not buying alcoholic drinks, and I don't know any Brit who hasn't drunk from their early teens. Yeah, it's just yeah. you know part. It's right it's not. I mean, right like we, we were we were getting off our heads drunk. I went to boarding school, so this is that's a little bit different. But we were getting off our heads drunk at least from fourteen. Yeah. Um, nice. Gin and tonic you were a in a teapot. I told mm -hmm. you I was a delinquent. But gin and tonic in a teapot. Come on, that's mm -hmm. boarding school for you. Boarding school delinquency. I didn't drink outside of my family until I was 21. Because you are an angel. I was perfect. I just got a bottle of gin for uh, my birthday, and so I'm probably going to drink it out of a teapot now yeah. in celebration. So that's the way. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I feel like like in the U.S., it's it's like this like re rebellious streak like underage drinking streak mm -hmm. but like in the uk like you're 18 and like it doesn't matter just whatever no. it's just there yeah. so 
It's just, I mean, like, you know, it's it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. You would expect anyone at high school at uh, that kind of age to be getting drunk at parties. The worst is when American students come to the UK. And... Yeah, yeah, they get really, mm-hmm. like, freaked out by it. Yeah, and then they come really and Really like, freaked out by it. Or they they literally cannot handle their drink. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's like, um, I grew up near the border of um the u.s and mexico oh yeah and, and so so when someone turned 18 they would go down yeah down to tj yeah. and, and and it's <laughs> like hold your booze you know like you know it's like i you know i think uh when zoe first moved over or was over a few times before we got married in the end um there was a lot of times where my friends would take her drinking <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, American, let's see. And she would get so drunk. Nice. And, and we'd all just be like, I'd feel bad, but they'd all be laughing. You know, like, like oh, yeah. drunk American. Like, because, like, yeah. yeah, they're like, haha, she managed like X number of bit. I'm not going to say anything because, like, this would all sound embarrassing. But, like, people are dicks about things like that. You know, like, yeah. I had 10 beers in the time they had four. And, like, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, um, so I, when I, in my formidable drinking years, uh, um, I would usually go like, to Irish and English pubs, um, usually ran by, by expats. And, um, it was, it definitely had that. And I remember one specific story where I love Guinness. Um, and, um, and I had a, one of the, the people I was drinking with was like, oh, mate, if you only drink Guinness, you will not have a hangover. So we ended up having, I ended up having like <laughs> nine pints of Guinness that night. Oh I woke up with a hangover. So the next time I saw him, like, he was like, you lied. He's like, well, how many did you have? And I'm like, nine. And it's like, you had nine beers. <laughs> what did you expect? That like, I never forget when somebody was like, we were talking about how many pints we'd had one night. And it was like, mm-hmm. like Eight or ten or whatever, yeah. and they're like, "You've only got eight pints of blood in your body." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah." I I gave up drinking at twenty-five, so I'm a I'm kinda an angel burnt, now. Kind of burned but out. I'm yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, I did it younger. Yeah. Yeah, like the like the protagonist of this comic. Yeah. Up on the up on the the roof, you know, doing it. We have a lot of similarities, but you won't find out most of them till volume two. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm really excited to read volume two for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely check. Yeah, check this out. I think you can buy physical copies. You can get web comics, and it's still ongoing, right? Yeah, yeah, they're in volume three at the moment. They're only it's only going to be volume three. Cool. So, so trilogy. Because like clearly, when they wrote that beginning of year and a half, I kill someone, then you've got an endpoint pretty yeah. much in mind. But yeah, they've got the full story. I like it. That first page is really confusing, and I'm like, what is this going to be? But it's it's cool. You know, I like I kind of like when they do that. They just completely just like. Yeah. Uh, I like, uh, totally. you know, just start with a bang. Cool. So we're gonna move on quickly to our uh, looking forward. So Rebecca, what indie comics are you looking forward to this upcoming week? So this one is kind of funny because it's Kickstarter I backed over the summer, and they literally just before I came to record sent me the PDF nice. of the uh, of the mm-hmm. comic. So I only had a quick flick through. It's called Indexed, and it is by Fraser Campbell and Lucy Sullivan and Fraser is known for Alex Automatic um, they're both UK uh, writers artists and Lucy uh, did Barking which is an incredible graphic novel if you've not read it incredible um, she has a very very distinct art style and it's gorgeous and let me see what they say about it Index is basically um, a sort of um, sci-fi thing 
and it's cheap. It's just one. It's just an, a single issue, um, and they've got an on. They've got a digital version on sale as well. Um, and it's like what happens to, if this woman wakes up and she's been marked, and this mark means that no one is allowed to talk to her. She's not allowed to interact with anyone, mm. and she doesn't know why, and she wants to find out why. And it's in this. I, the art is just. I, I, you know, I would buy it just for the art, but I, from a quick flick, I mean, Fraser's writing is amazing. Um, and it's just gorgeous. Like I bought it, like it was a no brainer when you saw these two sort of hooked together. So it's like three pounds for the digital comic and five pounds for the print copy, um, which they say January, 2021. But um, I think it might be sort of in the post soonish since I now have the PDF of it. And like well, I said, I flicked through and it's, yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. But it just so it felt quite funny to sort of say, oh, it's the one I'm looking forward to. And then um, to sort of get it delivered to me and go, yeah. oh, okay. Um, I could just read it now then. But there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to. But um, yeah, I think this one's going to be really special. Yeah. Because the and... only thing that I've seen Lucy do before is a, gra- is a full graphic novel, which is about uh depression and stuff like that and it really if you've not read barking read barking but um this is just beautiful and, and fraser's writing is great and uh, i think it's going to be incredible so i i got on i got on the uh on the um kickstarter because uh, cause under your recommendation oh good and um uh, so i got the url like maybe a few minutes before we were recording yeah. as well and i but i haven't read it yet i haven't looked at it yet um i'm actually i might just wait till i get the physical copy because i um if i have a choice yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll choose physical, physical copy over digital um and but now it looks amazing that um i i recently uh, under your recommendation as well got the two issues of haru yeah um and that is beautiful too so basically if you want someone to back a kickstarter that you're backing just put it on facebook and i'll probably back it too because you're leading me down the right path there is some there's just this summer has seen some incredible british kickstarters um i should say uk so let's cover the whole country fully um um and it's been a delight to back them because you know with the pandemic and everything it just felt like it was more important to get money into people's hands than to buy corporate comics um of yeah, any yeah. sort so That'll this is fun. why like you know before i dabbled in kickstarter before but i sort of gone whole hog in it this year and like i've not been disappointed by any of them but it's so it's kind of hard to pick um but if i had to pick one that i was really looking forward to it's indexed just because I know I'm going to love it. Yeah, the one thing that worries me about Kickstarter, we mentioned this on previous episodes, is like more established creators and like bigger companies that you know have that, like Boom example has that deal with Fox, um, kind of jumping yeah. on that train. And I kind of feel like it kind of stifles. I mean, obviously, you it's know, it's very people easy can... for me to ignore because like the shipping costs from America oh, are ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm not going to pay $20 for your comic if it's going to cost me $30 to get it mailed. Right. And, and, you know, and, and, and you, most yeah. of them don't offer digital issues or they yeah. charge like, oh, hello, Johnny, or charge uh, $15 for a digital copy. And it's like, mm, I, I don't know. It's like, so um, it's one of, the, I mean, it's one of the things we're very lucky about is that all these UK ones, because they're cheap shipping. So 
uh, for me, not for Brian so much. But um, yeah, so, but I, I agree. The big corporate ones is, uh, it's interesting to see what will happen with some of those. But I've, I've ignored all of them. I, I plan on yeah. buying any of the ones that turn up in shops. I'll buy them. Like Maddie, you can now buy in comic shops. Yeah. So I'll yeah. get it in a comic shop and I'm, I'm not. And, and the whole, I, a lot of them have got the kind of backer kit shipping. So you don't even know what shipping's exactly going to be. And it's like, you know, I'm, it's a time of slight financial pressure and I'm not signing up to white. I'm not agreeing to pay something where I don't know the total. Yeah. Cause like some Kickstarters are like, yo, like this is the only way this thing is going to get published. It's going to get out there. It's something in a niche genre or something, or yeah. um, it's something like, you know, it's a creator you might've known in the past. Like, I think, I think I backed up Marco Rudy's Kickstarter for his fantasy comic. Like he's done, There's, you know, stuff in the past. Yeah. But There's this, loads I'd yeah. love to have backed this year that of the yeah. big names. I'd love to, but like, you know, it's just, they'll either have to come to comic shops or it's just like, you know, there's so much more I could buy with that money. And you do have that massive uh, fear of missing out with them because they're big names and you want to read the Jeff Lemire, yeah. Lemire one. And, you know, yeah, but they don't need Kickstarter. They don't, they, you they know, don't. They, yeah, they don't need, they don't but, need you know, the, the money's there. And I, yeah. I don't know. I think, in the, I think we need another like year to see how that falls out. For sure. Yeah. 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 But I definitely, yeah, definitely. Cause I remember a few years back, like Archie was trying to fund their entire yeah, right. um, publishing line through Kickstarter and just people just shamed them out of it. But yeah. I guess shame isn't a thing anymore. So well, yeah. no. I don't know. Um, yeah. So uh, Brian, what are you looking forward to this uh, next week? Uh, I have um, Homesick Pilots uh, from Image uh, by Dan Waters and Casper Wingard. Uh, if I mispronounced that, I do apologize. Um, I don't think you have. Did my best. <laughs> um, the um, so essentially, it's a it's a a horror haunted house slash punk rock comic. So it's if I have a wheelhouse. It has definitely hit that wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> the um, it's about uh, Amy, uh, who's the lead singer of a, of a high school punk band, uh, who travels around California in a moving haunted house. Um, so uh, I'm not sure how the house is moving, but um, uh, you know, like like that that whole trope of of horror. You know, like um, especially for like the '50s, like anthology style horror, um, is definitely something that I like, and so definitely want to check it out. Um, Dan Waters recently did um, Coffin Bound. Oh yeah, and like I read the first few issues, but I think it was one of those things where I have to get that collected to totally understand what the heck's going on. Um, and um, and Wingard did last year did uh, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt which was mm. basically the, the the true Ozymandias uh, um, sequel to Watchmen, yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah, definitely. And so I def definitely recommend that. Um, but no, uh, there's ghosts, there's music. Um, I think Logan, before we started recording, had mentioned that Dan Waters has a punk band and they did music for this comic. Yeah, I believe that's what you said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'll read. I mean, shoot, I'll read any comic that has a theme song. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, I don't really like horror, but I like the idea of moving houses. So, I'm kind of, I'll see. Non non horror fans into it must be good. I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out next week. Uh, Darcy, what are you looking forward to um, in indie comics? Um, like I said, I'm pretty much doing 
return to old stories this week for me. Um, I mentioned Stillwater a couple of weeks ago uh, by Chip Zdarsky and Ramon Perez. Uh, and that was issue one, and now issue four comes out next week, I believe. And I am still on this book. Stillwater was the book where these two friends found themselves in a city where, or city, it's a little village, a town where people can't <laughs> die. Um, and it's still really good. Like the three issues that have come out are still really fantastic. It is still a scary place. The people in it are still creepy af like it is still a really good series and i still don't really see people talking about it mm-hmm. it's doing really well in sales like the sales have been really good uh but people just aren't like i just don't see people talking about it and i'm kind of surprised by it um it technically i think the end of this arc is issue six but it looks like uh, issue four is going to be like the city fighting back against city again it is definitely not a city it is a little town of crazy people it looks like uh, issue four is going to be kind of this the villagers kind of going against the judge possibly for the first time and you really don't know how long Friggin' centuries, who knows? Uh, they've been very vague about how long all these people have been alive. Uh, issue three, you kind of found out that apparently they've been turning in. They have, they don't have birthdays anymore. They have death days. The doctor turns in death Whoa. certificates <laughs> periodically on these people hmm. to prove to the outside world that like people are dying and babies are being born, but people aren't dying and babies aren't being born. They're faking it. Uh, so every once in a while they'll have a party for people dying. (laughs) So it's like this thing that happens. Um, And I, it's just, it's still a really, really good book. And I think more people should jump on it. It's really fun. I mean, it's awful, but it's really fun. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like all the chips of Darcy is the man, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of hit, like people have been either talking about the end of sex criminals or like daredevil or whatever. Yeah, that's true. And Daredevil, uh, Rebecca loves it. So it's it's yeah. a good book. I've been reading it on MU. It is a good book. I'm not saying, you know, his yeah. other work's not I literally great. just his caught up with great. it, yeah. But. I, I want to catch up with it. Everyone's talking about it. I'm the like, only reason I've not read Stillwater is, isn't it horror? It is a little it bit It is horror. very, yeah, I mean, see. you know, if killing people and burying them underground for weeks. I'm, I'm clearly biased about this horror thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's so it many just, horror it's comics. Hard. It's there's so many and they, horror and they, comics. And they get you, and they get you by pretending to be other genres. But then they yeah. Get you. yeah, and and then and then there's just so much horror at the moment. It's like yeah. I just I find it a really hard genre, and it's like I do want to read Stillwater because I think it'll be interesting. But I just definitely like, interesting. But it's just like there's so much I want to read at the moment, and unfortunately, most things that say, I mean, like I just picked up uh, Blue and Green, which is also mm. horror-ish, right? Yeah, and, you know, like so, I I'm sure it is because I went to a comic shop today. Um yes. So uh, yeah, uh, but so I will read it. It's just it's just a much harder sell for me. My thing with this is I kind of thought of it as horror issue one because you know you're going into the woods in a village and it was kind of it felt horror 
Uh now longer in it's kind of like you've got this judge who it's it feels more like political suspense almost right so like like you've got this dictator over all these people i need always with horror i need someone to read it first and say this is the kind of horror so i can yeah like i can just i you know i can decide if i can deal with it or not yeah i mean he's you've got horrible things happen to these people they get shot occasionally um but it just you know i can't watch horror movies but right i can read this i can definitely read horror more than i can watch it it's not and it's not that i dislike it i just i had really bad nightmares as a child so i just cut it out of my life and they've they've never it's never actually given me a nightmare that i've never had a nightmare after i've watched a horror except for day of the triffids but um (laughs) I watched it way too young. I watched it was like nine or something. So um, I think eleven actually. I watched it yeah when I was eleven, and my mum had just died. So like I was a bit on edge that year. That would so um, but yeah, I've always just had this belief that if I watch it, it'll give me. So I just is like you know some of my favourite TV shows are like Hannibal. Like I can't really justify this. Oh, I don't do horror um, because I clearly do. I just have this kind of mental block about it so but right, no, you have to be careful with it mm-hmm. yeah i just i'm just more cautious about it but i think i will check out still water now yeah i i like it when um when there's fantastical things in in a, in a book or a story and then they basically place it in real life and they have to explain it in real life so mm-hmm. the fact that you know they're dressing that they have to show to the to the outside world that people are being born and dying and how do they do that you know that's that's awesome to me like is that practicality to the fantastical which is pretty cool mm-hmm. but no there being a lot of horror <laughs> out there right now um i as as you all saw i i like to write a best of horror like like pick list um mm-hmm. during halloween and i usually just have one list but this year I literally had one list of just the books I, I that I always recommend, and then I had just a whole list of just twenty twenty books that that had come out, and that twenty twenty list was almost as big as my regular recommend wow. list. That's how many horror books. It's, were yeah, it's out. wild because I, I feel like yeah, for a while like it was all about like the fantasy and the sci fi, especially in the indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Like everyone mm-hmm. was following like like Saga had blown up and Descender, and then. You had, you know, like stuff like Wikdiv um, on the fantasy side, and like there was some more like traditional. But then, like I don't know, like with Vault and uh, Vault, like started that horror imprint, and then I feel like kind of I don't think that they started the horror trend, but I feel like a lot of people were just I don't know somewhere. Yeah, it's I mean it's hard to you know it's hard to explain, especially you know in mm-hmm. in the year it's coming out. There's um, Walking Dead ads at yeah. the end of every Stillwater book, so nice. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Well, because they're re-releasing Walking, yeah. So we're, right, we're all... but I mean, you know, is it yeah, Skybound or whatever? Yeah. We also kind of lived in the last four years in a horror story, so maybe that's mm-hmm. also, also that <laughs> the inspiration of it. It's like some kind of yeah, some kind of yeah. I was about to say it like it's some kind of giant coping mechanism thing. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, whereas you know, like twenty thirteen, we were like, oh, sci-fi, but like mm-hmm. you know, the darker, like some stuff's darker. But um, yeah, so I, yeah, my I'm looking forward to it's kind of a comic, but kind of not. It's published by a comic book company. It's the uh, Gorillas Almanac. 
I'm really excited for this because I love Jay. I mean, I love gorillas, obviously, but I love Jamie Hewlett and he hasn't done like interior comics in who knows quite some time, decades, ages, because, ages. because, you know, because of the success of gorillas and because he, you know, displays his art in galleries now and he's just blown up from the guy, you know, who was, you know, doing stuff for 2000 AD and, and Deadline, Deadline magazine in the 80s. I used and, to buy, I used to be a subscriber to Deadline. Deadline? I, those are so hard to find. Yeah, I, 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 I got thrown out of a, a lecture that I was taken to as a sort of 18 year old, my last year at school for reading Deadline. Wow. In, that is, in the thing. So. That is so fucking cool. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Um, that is, that's awesome. I, at the time, it was just like because it had all the um, music things as well, but I loved yeah. all the comics. So you don't realize that these comics are going to become huge. Yeah. You know, like they just saw Johnny Alpha and Tank Girl, you know, and and yeah, it's, it's really Fireball. weird now cause to like to think, oh yeah, I saw Deadline and I used to always get it. Yeah. So, but yeah, imagine so. Imagine if I'd kept it. Yeah, and I really like the Gorillas album because, you know, the Gorillas have this like crazy ass backstory. Like mm-hmm. the band, like each band member has like a really thought out backstory, likes and dislikes. They had they had an MTV Cribs episode once. Like it's the best episode of MTV Cribs. Well, no, the one with the one where Redman has like he just lives in a normal house was was the best one probably. <laughs> but the Gorillas one was the second best one. So it kind of goes into that, and also like uh, uh, in a lot of the press material, it's kind of like the old like like Bino, um, like the British annual uh, issue yeah. of comics. So it's kind of cool, like that format and there's lots of like I'm activities. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, activities, reviews, playlists, because you know it is 2020 and it, um everyone, you know, streaming music and stuff. But also yeah, comics, Jamie Hewitt doing comic, like actual comics. It's like, whoa, this is so cool. Cause I think he did like some when when they brought because they all they're always bringing Tank Girl back. I think when yeah. one of the I think the first Titan one, he had like a one page story in there. But they really like they're like Jamie Hewitt's back. And you're, I'm like, and it's just a one-page story, but yeah. But still, I mean, he's he's one of those guys who he has so much money. He just does this for fun and yeah, like whatever. But I'm really looking forward to that one, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can get it. Um, I think yeah, the shipping is weird, so just be careful with that. Um, if but, you're in uh, the UK, go to the Gorillas fan site. Okay, yeah, that's all that's, I'm that, saying. That's a good tip. Um, yeah. and I think it comes with a copy either digital maybe physical copy of their new yeah album. i think there's different versions you can buy of it that with different sort of things but yeah you can, you can get you know the new because they came up with a new uh, record this year song machine mm-hmm. um so you can kind of have that on in the background while you're reading it and stuff um yeah it's pretty good it's pretty the, the album is pretty good but it's really kind of disconnected because the way it was released but i made really good guest stars they, they got like robert smith's on there and like elton john and schoolboy q and that's awesome really, yeah so yeah um cool so yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad and yeah i feel like we talk about z2 a lot but they just pull off these deals with these artists and i don't know like it works somehow blur and ex-members of blur is like the unofficial um band of our podcasts because we talk about about uh, every Graham episode and, and demon oh. yeah somehow they make it in every episode like what the heck they're doing lots of good things in indie comics that's why yeah and one day one day we'll do a full like blue monday episode because i know mm-hmm. the characters like have a crushes on damon and yeah i think they, there's when they're talking about like which one they have a crush on the more mm-hmm. it's very it's very 90s um, very much cool so now it's time for plugs so rebecca where can folks find you online 
Um, mostly on Twitter, that's Arbitrary Genius. But I um, also sometimes do an Immortal Iron Fist podcast, which is the Immortal Iron Fist podcast, and a DC Animated Universe one, Fine. which is very on the down low. Don't think anyone knows about it, but yeah, um, again, just search for it, you'll find it. Um, that's it. Just hanging out at the Serious Issues Facebook group. <laughs> as an admin banning people generally good Bring, yeah good job uh, brian where can uh, where can folks find you online um the um twitter is bryson2814 um also find me instagram at bryson underscore cb which is uh stands for cool boy every 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 week I'm gonna come up with a new <laughs> what CB stands for. <laughs> um, after last week, um, so so, um, and um, you can also visit our website, which I need to update actually for last week's episode today, um, which is um, oh my gosh, I just comics are better. WordPress.com <laughs> definitely it'll, the link will be there as well, so um, definitely check it out. Yep. And Darcy, where can folks find you online? Uh, I'm at books underscore serial on Twitter. Uh, and I have a website, booksandserial.wordpress.com. And I didn't do Jack last week uh, because, again, I was stupid busy. Uh, so I'm probably back on that whole Jessica Jones cereal box thing if I can get that Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Unlimited uh, point system to work out for me. Cool. Yeah. God, I love Jessica Jones. So definitely check that out for sure. Um, you can, I'll manage it. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at uh, Midnighter Bay, B-A-E on Twitter and Pride. I'm posting a lot more of my writing on Instagram, uh, Pride Parker, uh, P-R-Y-D-E, Kitty Pride. And you can find my writing on Graphic Policy. Uh, I cover indie and mainstream comics and TV as well. My, I think during this episode, my review of this week's Mandalorian just dropped. And I'm covering uh, the Euphoria special episode. And so, yeah, so those, so yeah, the kind of stuff. And also I have a series going on on my personal blog, uh, Logan, Logan Dalton writes.wordpress.com. I'm covering, doing an essay on every My Chemical Romance song. I've done their first two records and some B-sides. And next week I'm starting the Black Parade era. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah. And then our podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at CDB pod. And you can follow uh, the show itself. Just put in comics deserve better in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much any podcast podcatcher out there. Follow, leave reviews, positive, negative, constructive criticism, whatever. Also, if there's a comic you want to cover on the show, uh, or if you have any, you know, uh, want want, want uh, your opinions about the show to be read on air, uh, just email us comics deserve better at gmail.com. And yeah, this. Um, holiday season's coming up. Give someone a comic as a Christmas present. Just mm-hmm. gonna say that. Um, yes, read. Or, or, or not. You can just do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> but, um, so, so, that did not hold up for very long. <laughs> well, well, if you decide to do that and you want recommendations or you want to give other people's recommendations, you can also recommend on our website. I didn't mention that earlier. That's actually wow, why Rebecca is here today. Um, she was the first person to to recommend a book and so we're like Yay. we wanted an excuse anyways to have you on so so thank you that's very awesome a very yeah. good choice only recommend good books yes well, i try <laughs> yeah 
So you too could be a guest on our show one day. <laughs> Maybe. Let's do it. 